Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. I'm at that age where a bunch of my friends are having their first kids right now. And when my wife and I talk about having one, or more likely my parents bring it up, the first thought that flashes in my head is always, bro, this world is crazy right now. It's something that author Noah Hawley grappled with while writing his new novel, Anthem. It's a thriller that takes place in a world very much like our own, with the same plethora of problems that we've got. And he told NPR's Aisha Roscoe that what the book is really about is the world we're going to pass on to our children. You know, his kids, my friend's kids, yours if you got them, mine if it ever happens. And that we don't always act in their best interest. This message comes from NPR sponsor Live Right, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. The world Noah Hawley creates in his new novel is familiar, a little too familiar. There are corporate opioid pushers, billionaire sexual predators, election-denying politicians, anarchists and survivalists, forgotten children, conspiracy theorists, and more, all woven together in a tale that crosses over on itself almost like a conspiracy theory. The book is called Anthem, and Noah Hawley joins us now. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. There's a line from an adolescent in the book uh, who goes by the name of Randall Flagg. He's supposed to be a character who survived the Parkland shootings. And he says he understands on a, quote, fundamental level that unthinkable things happen every day. And yet this book is also sprinkled with a lot of fantasy, otherworldly creatures as a witch, wizard, a prophet. What should the audience take from that mix of like the horror of real life, but also kind of this fantasy? Yeah, I mean, I describe the book as a as a fantasy novel about our real world or a realistic novel about the fantasy world that we're living in. And it does feel, you know, there's a character, a 15-year-old boy who calls himself the prophet who talks about how, you know, over 30% of Americans believe that angels and devils walk among us. And he's asked if he believes that. And he said, well, I believe that the more people believe it, the realer it gets. And, and it certainly feels like there is that level of magical thinking going on in America right now. And I just wrote to it. You're a versatile storyteller. You created Fargo on FX and Legion. You directed Natalie Portman and Lucy in the Sky. When did you write this story? Because it felt so present. It felt so of the moment that it could have been written yesterday. I started the book in 2018. And I thought, well, it'd be nice when the reader reads it to feel like it's taking place when they're reading it. So let's say the book's going to come out in 2022. Okay, well, what's America going to be like in 2022? And so that exercise to try to project and say what America would be like in 2022 became a much larger part of the book than I had intended originally. One of the characters in this book is is clearly modeled on, you know, billionaire sexual predator Jeffrey Epstein. And um, I wanted to ask you, since you're in entertainment and have, you know, worked at high levels, did you ever come across or, or meet Jeffrey Epstein? 
Luckily, I, I never met him, no. I mean, I, I think when you really get to the heart of what evil is at this moment in America, it's cynicism. It's, it's the exploitation of, of other people when you know better. There's no disguising the immorality of it, and yet it's it it's done certainly in in Epstein's case. And you know, I think it's important to say that this this book is an adventure story, you know, and and that these children are um, and the adults who are in the book, you know, they're all trying to to save the world in in a classic kind of quest mindset. It's just the the fantasy world they're they're moving through is actually our America. Another thing that to me stood out because of it's so present day is this book making the the case that the apocalypse is now. The dystopia is here. We have a plague. We got violence. We got discord. Like, is that the message of this book? You know, there's a big firestorm in California toward the toward the end of the book. And, you know, there's this idea that we labor under, which is that climate change is going to have catastrophic effects on the earth in the future. And yet what we found in the last couple of years is these wild swings of weather and flood and freezing is that the future is here already. And that's very disorienting for people because they thought we had more time. And so I, th- I think on some level, the book is very much about what is this world that we're going to pass on to our children? I have a 14-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son and and how do I explain it to them? My son asked me recently, he's like, why do grownups get to make all the decisions? And I said, honestly, I don't know. We're not very good at it. I'm not exactly sure. We're not always operating in our own children's best interest. And, you know, th- that's certainly a big theme of the book. Like, not not only is the future of the world lying in the hands of the children, but that they have to deal with the damage uh, that was done by past generations. And and I know you worked early in your career at a legal nonprofit dealing with cases of abuse and neglect. Did that help inform your, your writing in this case? You know, I, I remember a moment, and I was a young man when I worked at the Legal Aid Society, but, you know, I remember you know, spending time with this 10-year-old boy who was there on a a neglect case. And he was sitting outside the courtroom and he was singing, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And and I thought the resiliency of children to try to make the best of things, it's really inspiring. and, And they're the only ones with the energy to save us. That's Noah Hawley. His new novel is called Anthem. Thanks for speaking with us. My pleasure. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. 
Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.